Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Time now for Dan Issel and Louis Rabot, right here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Dan and Louis. Live from Lawrence, Kansas, and the Kansas <laughs> University Jayhawk campus, it's Issel and Louis. Good morning, Louis. How are you, Dan? I couldn't be better. <laughs> so are you at least on Central Time now? Yes, okay. I'm on Central Time, right. but but the, I, I said I could not be better, but that was a lie. <laughs> my room, my room is. Uh, it, I was going to say next door, but actually it surrounds the elevator shaft. So every time the elevator goes, the elevators go up and down. It sounds like they're going to come through the wall. So if you if you hear some noise, you'll know what that is. So I sent you a tweet earlier. And uh, so you're you're in the the horse breeding business. I want to get to this right away. Um, this is Issel and Louie. We'll take you till noon here on ESPN 680-1057. Bobby V will have you for Fast Break Friday. I don't know if he's in town or if they're flying out tonight. Um, Epicenter has had a strong start at stud. Does that just mean he enjoys the sex, or how does that work? Uh, well, I'm sure he enjoys it, uh, but... Um... <laughs> It, uh, it, or does that mean there's a lot of sales, or does that like what's yes, the? Yes, no, no. They there's a lot of sales. They said that. Got uh, it. It's less about episode. virility and more about sales. Exactly. Got it. Because okay. uh, they said he's going to be <laughs> bred to about 200 mares. Got it. Got and and Coolmore, where he stands, started all of this years and years ago. They would only breed stallions to about 45 mares a year. Okay. Uh, like going back to the days of secretary and then and then somebody at coolmore who is uh, you know they have farms both in europe and australia and here and are large in the uh, in the stud uh, business they said well who ever decided <laughs> we should only breed yeah. to 45 or 50 mares a year and they started, I mean, they've had some stallions that have bred well over 250 mares. But in the story that I read about Epicenter, um, he's going to be bred to about 200 mares. And the breeding season starts um, uh, about the middle of February. And so that means that he has been bred already <laughs> in uh, less than two weeks. He's been bred to 30 mares. So I haven't been around this process, but I've heard the stories where they know if, like, when they're being brought out of their, you know, their their, their personal space, that if they go one way. Stall, it's called a stall. Um, if they come out of their stall and they go to the right, they know that it's it's happy time. And if they go to the left, it's just like, go stretch your legs, you know, so. Um, Apparently, they get pretty excited you if you turn it. to the right. Yeah, right. You, you, you got it. There We've was all been time, there. We've all been there. There was there was a time, the first mare that I ever saw bred was one that I owned, and it was at Gainesway, which is the farm that is now part of Keeneland. Right. Uh, and it was at that barn. If you take gate number two into Keeneland, there's a large barn on your right. That's where I saw my first mare bred. And there was a time, Louie, when they would not let women in the breeding <laughs> shed. That's how archaic it, it, it used to be. I, I remember, I forget who it was, but I remember reading something at one point in college, and the and the guy said the, the most eye-opening thing that happened to him when he went to college in like the 50s or something was that he saw the rowing team, the women's mm. rowing team at his college, and he saw a woman perspire for the first time. <laughs> And I don't know what what that's from or you know whatever else. But I just it still stands out of my mind. It's such a bizarre thing to say. It's great. 
All right. Well, uh, let's get into this, man. We got uh, a nice matchup at, at Rupp Arena tomorrow. L- uh, almost identical records. They're both 19-9, and nine, one spot different in the standings. Uh, frankly, lots on the line for UK here. This is uh, another of these opportunity slash must don't lose kind of games here down the stretch and i i this is as confident as i can remember kentucky fans and you about the outcome of a game is that fair to say this season that they, that people are as confident about this one as they have been um yeah i i i guess as confident as they've been you know since they got crushed by alabama and lost to lost to south carolina yeah, you, you could argue that after that defeat uh, in Tuscaloosa that the people would have been very excited and confident about a game against South Carolina, and that didn't work out too well. But, yeah, since that debacle, I would say uh, that's the case. And I, and I think it's because uh, for two things, Kentucky's playing a lot better, and Alab- uh, Auburn seems to be going the wrong direction. Right. So uh, uh, we, we'll see. Um but uh, I, I haven't seen a, a spread. I saw the outcome predictor, um, and I think it's around 66-33 or something yep. like that. Um, and so, yeah. I, that seems about right, by the way. I think if they play the game ten times, Auburn wins three of them, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it, uh, it's, it's really, I hope the guys at Kentucky realize how important this is because if they win this game now – you know, for for all of you quad one and quad two and quad eight people, that uh, Auburn has fallen outside of a quad one win. Yeah, it's the only unfortunate thing about the schedule coming up for Kentucky. Correct? Yeah, yep. but but I would argue, forget about the quads. They win this game. Uh, I, I think that puts them in great shape for the for not only the NCAA tournament but the SEC tournament as well. Yeah, and look, I mean, it gives them twenty wins. It gives them 11 conference wins. Even if they were to lose out, they would still be 11 and 7 in conference. They'd have 20 wins on the schedule, and they'd be like 20 and 12 going into the tournament. They're going to make the tournament. And so go ahead, win this weekend, get that two next year, your win column with 20, and, and just. I mean, just get it done, right? I mean, this is another one of those games that should be boring. By the way, it just, did you see the get in price for this game, Dan? No. I, pff, Avery, I mean, come to the mic. She's having a, she's having a great day. Old Avery Dill. Yeah. Crushing I, it. I'm super, like, twitchy today. Yeah, twitchy's right. Um, that That is only... She s- must get some time off this weekend. <laughs> I am taking Monday off to make well, sure my brain is straight. There you go. Um, what, would, what would you guess the get-in price against a 9-6 and six conference Auburn team is this weekend? Um... What was it uh, at Florida the other day? Nine bucks? <laughs> Man, that crowd. Yeah, Oof, I God. would... Say like ten, eleven. Oh, okay. At that point. Uh, it's a lot more than that, Dan. What oh. do you think? Yeah, no, I'm I'm going to go fifty. Eighty-seven dollars. People are wow. buying back in, man. Yeah, um, crowds no. have been good, and and so that's why I'm, what I'm getting at. I think it feeds to what I said earlier, which is I think yeah. this is as confident people have been with this team, and I think your caveat is a good one. At the beginning of the year, obviously the hopes were very, very high, and so maybe the you know the expectations were higher at the beginning of the season. However, since that Alabama loss and, and the late season stuff and Cal to Texas and whatever else. This is as happy as people have been with this team. No, no, no question, no question. And uh, uh, it, you know, the, uh, Auburn has a couple of guys that played played in the state of Kentucky last year, and I guess they've been uh, they, they've been a pretty big part of Auburn's team this year. Uh, uh, Jonai jo uh, Brune uh, and uh, Wendell Green, who played where did he play? Eastern? No. Western, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Western, I think. Anyway, they they've been a big. Those two guys have been a big part of Auburn's team this year. Brune is the leading scorer, and uh, yeah, Wendell Green played at Eastern. You're right, actually. Eastern started okay. 25 of 29 games as a freshman. Played 30 minutes. Um, averaged almost 16 and uh, three and a half rebounds uh, at Eastern. So, and frankly, and, and I, re- I read an article Auburn. where uh, Brune they were in the same conference, Eastern and Moorhead. And uh, I, I read a, uh, this morning in an article that Brune said that uh, with five minutes to go, Moorhead was up 10, and Green just went nuts, was making shots from all over the place. So, um, uh, yeah, it, you know you know those two kids are going to be fired up. Yeah. So, all right. 
uh, if you if you're lean, I'm, I'm sure you're leaning victory. Um, if I gave you like a seven and a half point spread for this one, where would you go? Mm. Mm, that's a tough number. Um, we talked about this before the Florida game. For some reason, Kentucky just is absolutely predisposed to close games this year for some yeah. reason, right? And so um, I don't I don't trust them to pull away from, yeah, from anything. So, so has it been the Bahamas since they blew somebody <laughs> out? I don't I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Seven and a half. I expect Kentucky to win, but I'm thinking more like five or six. Seven okay. and a half's a big number. Mm. Especially for this team. Yeah, it's so strange. They just there's there's no Yeah. I mean, horrible cliche coming. I apologize to everyone listening. There is no killer instinct on this team, right? Mm, not much. Not much of one, right? And so, not, I mean, you yeah. called them soft earlier in the year, um, and so I, you know, I, I think some of that has started to remedy itself, especially with you know Livingston inserting himself as a you know as a, a key player on this team as a as and, a, and a even clog. Toppin, yeah, even Toppin Toppin's a good really example is, is yep. playing a little more physical than he was early in the year. So, I mean, you know, remember we used to make fun of him running around when he was supposed to set a screen. I mean, right. jumping out of the way to keep from <laughs> ha- having any contact. But uh, uh, CJ Frederick mean, tried still, to be uh, tried to be physical, broke a rib. You know, that's how it goes. <laughs> there's still there's still not a what you would say what you would call a physical team, but. Uh, you know, soft may not apply to him anymore. There you go. All right. Well, I, I I'll be interested to see. I think that it's it's just another game where, like you mentioned, it does drop to a quad two. But I mean, forget about that. I think getting to that, there's something about 20 wins when you play in a conference like the SEC that's really, you know, it's something that that an evaluator would look at and go, okay, they won 20 games this year with yeah, that schedule. Yeah, and, and if they win the next two. If, if they win, as long as they don't get just blown out at Arkansas, that that won't be quite as critical a game as far as their their standing in the tournaments are concerned. Yeah, so um, still a good, I mean, still a really good opportunity to play a team. And, and by the way, we talk about oh, it's not a it's not a quad one because they dropped out of the top thirty. I mean, Auburn's ranked ahead of Kentucky in the rankings, right? Um, oh no, they just fell behind. Okay, so Kentucky just went up to twenty eight. Auburn's at thirty one, and so. Um, you know, I mean, they're essentially on the same line here uh, for but, seeding but as far as, as high, these rankings are. Concerned. Yeah, that, but they've been. But you're right, they're sliding. As, yes. Yeah, yeah, and so, um, yeah, they just like Tennessee. They're going the wrong direction at at, at, a, at a bad time of the year. Let me see where Vanderbilt is, just because that's going to be a home game, top hundred. So that'll be quad two ish, and then um, Arkansas is way up there now. Um, yeah, Arkansas would be a quad one. Arkansas. Is fifteen? Yeah, fifteen. Wow, wow. Yeah, man, it's so funny what what teams the net loves and what teams it doesn't. And I'll just give you an example. So, Arkansas is three and six in quad one. Uh, they're nineteen and nine. Kentucky is nineteen and nine, and they're five and seven in quad one. They've literally played three more games and won two of them um, in quad one. And it just it's in their. I mean, they're nowhere near each other in the rankings. I mean, Kentucky's down here at twenty eight. Well, you, you could say the same thing about Tennessee. I mean, they Kentucky's beaten Tennessee twice. That they're, they're yeah. Um, yeah, good point. I, I don't I don't know what the quad one situations. I get, I'm guessing because of their early season success. I'm guessing Tennessee has more quad one wins. They are there. six and five, so they have one more win in one yeah. fewer game. Yes, and look at and look at that. I, I mean, know. The, I hear you. The, the, pe- the people in the rankings love Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, part of it is that that, that home loss to to South Carolina on for metrics is really bad. See, I don't know. I mean I mean I, mean, I get it. Right. I I get it. Uh, but uh, how can you that that game was a, what a month and a half ago? Right. How, how can how can you be so uh, how can you hold Kentucky to that standard when the game well, happened a month and a half? I, ago? I think that's a good I think that's a good observation by you. And I think the counter is that there is a last 10 games metric. Now that they use, so the teams that are at the that are best at the end of the year gives um, gives teams a boost for for their good performance. Well, at the it end should. Of the year. I agree Absolutely with you. Absolutely, no, and should. that's so. What I'm saying is, while the net has holes for sure, at least they're counterbalancing it with something like that. At least we're you know they're trying to get you know for whatever the the metrics are worth. At least they're trying to get those things to balance one another out. So. Mm. 
Yep. Texture pointing out that the net loves Creighton. Why I have no idea. Well, they did. I mean, Creighton's good, but I'm with you. They should not be 14th when they're 18 and 10 and four and seven against the quad one. I mean, it, there are teams behind them that are considerably better. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. I mean, again, opportunities down the stretch. We've talked about this for weeks. It's not that you know Kentucky's schedule is devoid of opportunities. They they have them. Auburn's a good opportunity. It's a good win if they get it on Saturday. Yeah, right. Even even if it's not a quad one. Correct, Vandy. I mean, for for all of the things about Vandy, I, it's almost like it's to me they're ninetieth in the in the net um, because they are fifteen and 13, 3 and nine in quad one. But you know, if their name weren't Vanderbilt, I think they'd be ranked higher. It's almost like the, the computer knows what Vanderbilt is. Um, hey, I, I I think Stackhouse is the SEC Coach of the Year. Hmm. I really do. Okay. I mean, when when. Uh, you know, you know, and, and again, preseason is preseason. We know what happened there. North Carolina was number one, and Kentucky yeah. was number four, and I think Duke was seven. So, you know, be it as it may. But I think Vanderbilt, uh, coming into this season, uh, people thought they were the next to the worst team in the SEC. Am I? Isn't that? Um, isn't yeah, that I where think they you're, were ranked? you're I right. Think South Carolina was the worst, and, and Vanderbilt was next to worst. I, I think Jerry's a, a Jerry should get Oats will probably win it, but um, you know, especially if they look past keeping guns in the in the dormitory, he he probably win it. But I'd vote for Stackhouse. I talked to uh, Tom Hart yesterday. Okay. Uh, because um, he, of course, for those that don't know, is the ESPN announcer that uh, has done a number of Kentucky games this year. And uh, I, I was, I asked him, I called him to to ask him if he was doing the the Kentucky game tomorrow. Uh, and if he was, then I was going to try to get him on the show sure. the, this morning. But uh, he said no. I'll be doing the Alabama game. And I said, oh, might be a storyline or two there in in that one. But but the worst news is that means we probably get frickin' fracked tomorrow. So, (laughs) Hey, Louie, I want to thank George and the Bear Nose team for bringing lunch by the ESPN studios today. Bear Nose has you covered for all of the big events this weekend. Your spot before all Louisville men's and women's games and concerts at the Yum Center. Carry out delivery or dine in, 14 area locations in Metro Louisville and Southern Indiana. Yeah, it's that good Bear Nose Pizza. So I had a moment this morning, Dan. So it's, I'm, I'm putting the show sheet together. I'm thinking about my day and, and you know, putting things together. And it occurs to me that it's Bear Nose Pizza Friday at the office. Mm-hmm. And we always get two kinds of pizza here. Do you remember what those are, Dan? Uh, one's pepperoni. Yes. I remember that. And then one is like the, well, I, I think it's the Mama Bear Nose has all the meat on it or whatever. Well, yeah, I think that's Mama, Mama Bear Nose, yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, I can't eat those today because it's the first Friday of Lent. So I had the dilemma. Am I that guy wait, in the wait office? Wait a second. You gave up pizza for Lent? No, on Fridays in Lent, uh, Catholics abstain from, from meat. You have to eat fish. Uh, I don't have to eat fish, but it's an option. Yes, right. Okay. Okay. All right. And yeah, so, because of you Catholics, I had fish sticks in the cafeteria every Friday when I was in elementary school. I love fish sticks. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Go for a fish stick right now. It sounds delicious. Anybody wants to come by? Um, the uh, and, and so anyway, I had to have the the dilemma of what you just talked about. Do I do I ask Phil Baker? Hey, man, can you text George and find out if I can get a cheese pizza today? And do you think I texted Phil or not? No. So I did. And um, <laughs> and to my delight, Phil said, hey, absolutely, that's not a problem. And by the way, that's a good that's a good promotional thing to do to remind people that they can get a cheese pizza or a veggie pizza on Fridays during Lent if they observe, you know, not eating meat on Friday. So there you go. Bear knows an go. option for you. Seven days a week, including Fridays during Lent. How about that? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm really having great. pizza for dinner. His so. brain immediately went to that. And that's yeah, no, that's Phil. He's, he's the Phil's marketing guy. Great that's right. at making sure that <laughs> people can eat. Right, like, right. I have the opportunity to eat two days, definitely, right? maybe a third. Right. And he tries really hard to make sure that there is food that I'm I can have. I'm with him. So I think. Uh, I just wanted to say thanks to Phil publicly, and then Good for uh, Phil. thanks to the people downtown. So, and <laughs> text coming. In. What do you mean by you Catholics, Dan? 
it did sound a little like on the edge of like, ooh, okay, all right. Hey, hey I grew up Lutheran. Oh, yeah. I grew up Lutheran. Yeah. Martin Luther uh, nailed the the thesis to the door of the Catholic Church. So there you go. I I I grew up more Catholic. I, I grew up more Catholic than any Protestant in the country. I think that's sort of generally true of the Rust Belt. Yeah, for sure. Man, oh man. All right, this will do. We're taking you up until noon. We're talking uh, cats and um and and cats tomorrow. Um, one striped and one not. I guess. Um, I don't know. Do wild cats have spots? Uh, yeah, okay, wild so cats. They're have spotted. Spots. Okay, so it's spotted yeah. cats versus striped cats. Is that what we're doing tomorrow? There you go. Okay. Yeah. Right, no, go. wild cats have a coat that makes it easy for them to hide in the bush before they jump on your neck. That's what the stripes are for, so that they can do the same thing, but in yeah. a different part of the world. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think tomorrow is the ultimate default nickname matchup, right? Everybody's the Wildcats and everybody's the Tigers, right? Yeah. Well, yep. There you go. Uh, oh, did, <laughs> Not everybody was, can be the Boilermakers, huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Boilermakers. The, the um, has, has, has I know it still is out there nationally. Okay. Nobody, nobody in Kentucky locally is talking about Cal still going to Texas, are they? It's still out there nationally. Yeah. Oh. It was on e- it was on the ESPN.com today. How did I miss that? I don't know. It's way down at the bottom. Oh. Okay. Well, don't say you don't know and then give me a reason why I missed it. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> Do you but, uh, By the way, it was on the show sheet a couple of days ago. Do you believe coach K that he's he's good not coaching right now cuz I do actually. Yes. Yeah, yes. I believe. I, I believe I, it too. I so, do. Yeah. I, I mean, with and I wanted to ask you because you you've been in that situation where you know you you decided to not. I don't want to say step away from basketball, but you know you know what I mean from day to day basketball. Well, it was a little bit different because Coach K got to step away. I was asked to step away. No, I understand, <laughs> but but you're you're Dan Issel. You could have gone and gotten another job. Uh. I, you know, I always said, um, and, and believe me, uh, on the 1st and the 15th, we missed being a head coach in the NBA, for sure. For sure. Um, but, you know, money isn't everything. And that job was, uh, I was not good at it, Louie. Hmm. Uh, I, I think I expected my players, and this is going to sound a little egotistical, not yeah, that's had, very different I, from the rest of the show. Keep going. I, <laughs> I, I, I played hard. I, I accomplished whatever I was able to accomplish because I played hard. I mean, I wasn't. I, I realize I'm six nine, six ten, but I, I didn't have the greatest athletic skills. Uh, I, the the primary reason that I worked hard. I worked hard in preparation. I worked hard in the games. And I expected all 12 guys on my team to play that hard. And it absolutely drove me crazy that they didn't. Right. And so that's that's why coaching just wasn't for me. I was I was so much happier not coaching than than to be coaching. And I, you know, I've talked about this before. Rafe, Rafe LaFriends, what was so, uh, it, he was so hard to coach because he was more talented than I was. He could run the floor better. He he could shoot. He could shoot as well, but you know there was no heart, and it. I, I'm. I got so frustrated. I have I ever told you this story? We're playing in Boston playing against Slick Rick. We're playing in Boston, and uh, Rafe has about a 15-foot jumper on the baseline to win the game, and he didn't come close. Mm. And so we go in the locker room, and there's a a six-pack of, you know, the the water bottles, the green uh, water bottles with the yellow top. What is is that? Uh, Gatorade? Yeah, the Gatorade yeah. water bottles, and they're sitting in a in a six pack there. Okay, and and um, I I thought they were empty, 
and I kicked it in the locker room after the game. They were full, and I broke my foot. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> we get we get on an airplane and fly back. That was the last game of like a four four game road trip. Mm. So we get on the plane after the game, fly back. We're in a we're in a snowstorm with a headwind. We have to land in Minnesota someplace, uh, Minneapolis, I guess, and refuel. And we finally get back to Denver like three o'clock in the morning and it's snowing and I can't get my shoe on (laughs) because my foot is so swollen. I have to walk through the snow to my car in my stocking feet because I can't get my shoe back on my foot. So no, I don't, but, but getting back, getting back to what you're talking about, I mean, you know, with the success that, that Mike had and the fact that he, he's not, although I guess he does have an office there cause he's still uh, an ambassador for the university. Sure, or right. Something. Sure, sure, sure. He's he's and and it said the the article that you sent me. Yeah. He said he talks to Shire almost every day. Uh, a lot of times, nothing to do about basketball. Sure. But but he has been able to disconnect himself and. No, I'm sure he's very happy not having that day to day grind of recruiting yeah, and right. coaching. Yep. And, Paying players I mean, under the table, and yeah, right. he's no—he's no spring chicken. He's like <laughs> no, that's right. Seventy-five, seventy-six. I was to say he's around your age. Yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah. The um, you you know, and and thank you, Texter sent it to me. It's it was in a Borzello article on ESPN Plus. Um, and I I just I obviously did not click on that article, so I'm sorry. But uh, essentially, um, it just says that what will happen with John Calipari is the number two <laughs> sort of headline going forward. And it was essentially, of course, if he says. Um, and this part is not behind the paywall. If John Calipari leaves for Texas, um, as was rumored a couple of weeks ago, the carousel would go haywire. Well, yes, that's that's true, Jeff. Thank you. Um, <laughs> hard thanks hitting for that observation. Thanks for putting that behind a paywall. Um, and so, uh, you know, but uh, the other part that he points out is, Jeff, you know, if, if like a Bayheim does hang it up at some point, right? How desirable of a job is Syracuse without Jim Bayheim, right? And And, you know, I think there are, I don't know how long that list is, Dan, where the job is still good after the mainstay coach leaves. Like, Duke is still a good job. North Carolina is still a good job. Um, Kentucky will be a good job. Uh, Kansas will be a good job. Um, but, you know, after Wooden left UCLA, they struggled for a very long time yes, they to did. get back to any kind of semblance. And I think it was in 95 they won the title, um, but they haven't done it since then. Um, you know, and sometimes you, you, you take for granted – that you think it's a program that's great, but really programmatically it's the coach that's made it great. I worry about that, for example, for my alma mater. I worry about it for Michigan State because I think once Tom Izzo's gone, it's going to be really hard to get anyone anywhere near his quality. And and I don't know who that person is or what it looks like because I don't think Michigan State will be a great, great job. It'll be a top 15 type job probably, but it but won't be a top. a great job when he's, once he's gone. Once he's gone, that's exactly yeah. right. So. Did, did Bayheim stay longer than he should have um i don't know the answer to that as far as i mean the answer is yes they stink but i mean that that's the question about syracuse is that a good job once he's gone i don't think it is when they play in a they play in a dome it's in the middle of new york the weather sucks you can't go outside six months out of the year yeah right and i mean (laughs) what is this guy doing out front here avery Oh, it's like a, we have weird people on this campus. That's all I can say. Do you say. think that's like a field trip? Or what, what's, I'm sorry, it, Dan. It could be a field trip, but I also think that some of the tours end up this way, too. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. So, honestly, it could be anything. Um, <laughs> so, th- th- to get back to your answer, yes, he stayed too long. Yeah, I think so, too. But, I, you know, it, and that's it's kind of the, the thing with some of these coaches as they get older, like Kay was great all the way through the end, right? Izzo still has a team that's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to make the tournament again. He's got a top recruiting class coming in next year. Um, you know, Cal is, for for all of his faults are good or bad, whatever, still has a recruiting class coming in next year. They're going to make the tournament this year. Um, you know, it, it just, 
again, it's really hard to stay somewhere that long and be great the whole time. And Bayheim's a perfect example of that. Yeah. And look, by the end of his his tenure, for example, just up the road, Bobby Knight. I mean, I remember I got there right after he got fired for graduate school. I had a French professor named Albert Waldman, and he he uh, he, he he was was a a, a French a Jew who fled France during World War II with his family, moved to Philadelphia his senior year of high school, didn't speak English, graduated top of his class in Philadelphia, went to Penn. And then went to Cornell to do his Ph.D. work. Really fascinating guy. I'm still in touch with him to, to this day. And uh, wrote the first ever dictionary about Haitian Creole. Like there had never been a written down version. And he helped actually develop the writing system that they still use in Haiti. But anyways, um, really interesting guy. And even he was like, look, Louis, they got rid of him because he's not winning. <laughs> they're well, using the other stuff yeah. to fire him, but exactly. but but he's exactly. not winning the way that he used to, and that's why they're getting rid of him. I, I just remember an old, like a 65-year-old Frenchman going, look, if he were winning, he'd be, he'd be staying. <laughs> and he's exactly right, that's right because, yeah. you know, uh, you can put up when you're winning, especially when you're winning national championships, and I think Bobby won three of them. When you're winning, you can put up with a lot of stuff. You can put up with them throwing chairs across the sure. court. When you're losing, and and I think a lot of um, a, a, a lot of the faculty in Indiana grew very tired of him uh, toward the end. I, I think they thought, and and they were right, that he was getting preferential treatment, and that if anybody else on the faculty acted like that, they would have been gone in a heartbeat. Yeah, no, I think you're right. So. Yeah. Hey, a reminder that uh, this hour of the show is brought to you by our friends at Kentucky Tourism. When you're ready to explore the outdoors, there's no better place than the Bluegrass State. Hike, bike, paddle, fish, or even venture deep underground, this is Kentucky. Come see for yourself. Plan your summer getaway today at KentuckyTourism.com. This segment with Dan Issel and Louis Rabot is presented by KentuckyTourism.com. All right, welcome back in. You're home for all the Rafe LaFrance talk you'd ever want here on ESPN 680-1057. Is this little movie? We're taking you up until noon. Thanks for hanging out with us. As part of your morning here, we made it to Friday, folks. Good job. Uh, you can text the show, UPS Jobs text line, 437-968. Keep those coming. Getting some fun ones on the text line today. Um, uh, people asking about Dan's experience in the breeding shed. We're not going to read those. Stop it, people. Stop. Uh, tonight, <laughs> Bellerman at North Florida. You're the one who brought it up. Hey, you're the one who had a lot of stories about it. Uh, Bellerman at North Florida, 645 pregame, 7 o'clock tip with our guys, uh, Mark Bug and Doug Armay, of course. Here on 680-1057, we are your home for Bellerman Knights basketball. Man, oh, man. You, you okay? I am not okay. I go to Puerto Rico. I don't cough once. I come back to this wretched place, and I'm coughing all week. It's terrible. Why does anyone live here? I'm just kidding. Are you uh, talking about the ESPN studio? Yeah, mostly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's Avery um, that makes, <laughs> makes me sick, but, um, you know, I, I can't be sure about that. Wouldn't Did that, that sound as ironic? bad coming out of my mouth as it sounds? No, Avery is allergic to everything. <laughs> Wouldn't it be ironic <laughs> if you were allergic to Avery? <laughs> I mean, who knows at this point? Like, I'm allergic to literally the state of Connecticut. Ugh. Ah. Yeah. All right, so uh, Louisville, Georgia Tech tomorrow. We are your home for that. Cards back in action. 12.30 pregame, 2 o'clock play-by-play, 4.30. You'll get Taylor Lynch. He'll sing you through the postgame. And then uh, that is the Coors Light postgame, I'm told. Um, and then the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame show, of course, tomorrow as well around 4 o'clock. Um, so you, or excuse me, around 6 o'clock. Game starts at 4. Um, Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame show. It's one of James Strebel's last appearances on the show um, with Jason Entz. Uh, first place to take your calls, texts, and all of those things, 680-1057 and on the app as well. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, reminder that drafted immediately after Rafe LaFrance was all-star Anton Jameson. Oh, you don't have to go through it. Future Hall of it, Famers, I, uh, Vince Carter, Dirk you, Nowitzki, I, Paul Pierce. I can Pierce. give you the complete <laughs> draft list down to number 10. Paul <laughs> Pierce at number 10. You don't have to remind me of that. Have you ever... Have you ever um, I forget which documentary it was, but it was the the debate in the Dallas 
boardroom between Nowitzki and Pierce. Like, because, you know, Nowitzki was coming out of uh, Würzburg in the second division in Germany. And someone in the in the in their office was really high on him, and then Paul Pierce was a known commodity out of Kansas, right? And so, um, <laughs> like the debate back and forth, back and forth. What do we do? What do we do? And obviously, they made the right choice. But um, yeah, really, I mean, I don't know. Paul Pierce was a heck of a player, sure. I, but for what Dallas became and what the culture was, Dirk became. He was the was, team. Was he the eleventh pick? He was the ninth. The ninth pick, and then and then Pierce was ten. Yeah, so that ra- that draft was uh, Aloha Candy first out of Pacific. At least at least I didn't make that mistake. Mike Bibby to the Grizzlies, LaFrance obviously then to your Nuggets um, out of Kansas. God, I forgot that he and Paul Pierce were on the same team. Unbelievable. Um, I've told you the story about Roy Williams, haven't I? About Roy Williams. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he told you not to draft uh, Paul Pierce, Yeah, he said, and this is a direct quote, he (laughs) said, I wouldn't touch Paul Pierce with a 10-foot pole. That's exactly what he told me. Yeah, I um, am. Someone asking if Strebel's leaving. No, 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 he's not. It's a joke about his post-game show and and having Gandolfo sit in for him for Arkansas. It's a joke. He's going to the Tailspin Ale Fest. He he once bailed on a, on a, a show called Round of Shots, and I'm making a Round of Shots joke. I got to be careful what I do on this air. Um, yeah. it, <laughs> no, no, we're not losing street. Don't worry about that. People take you seriously. <laughs> I have no idea why. I get but it, people, but people take you seriously. Uh, then uh, Anton Jameson, Vince Carter. That's a pretty good two uh, duo in the top five. Yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking about. You know, I, I saw Vince doing TV the other day, uh, Vince Carter, and I, I, I thought about. You know how you have guys that you watch and they're not on your team and they're never on your team and and, and whatever else. I think Vince Carter is one of those guys I just always enjoyed. You know, either at North Carolina or in in the pros, like just he always could play. Yep, and no, he had he was, such an incredible. I mean, he played from ninety eight to twenty twenty. A long Oof. career, yeah. And, yeah. and Pierce played. I think Pierce played that long or close to it. Yeah, not only played for a long, long time. I mean, yeah. all those guys in that in that group played for a very, very long time. Man, Larry Hughes went eighth in that draft. Oof. Oof. Tractor trailer sixth to the. Uh, that was the trade there. It was a tractor trailer for Dirk Nowitzki. I think the Mavericks might have won, won that trade. Um, <laughs> Keon Clark, senior. Uh, Michael Doliak. Um, man, Dickerson, Harpering. You know, to get to the next decent player in this draft, Tyron Lue played for a while. I shouldn't say that. Al Harrington played for a while. Um, Nazi was in that draft, obviously. Rashard Lewis went early in the second round, and he ended up being a very – very serviceable pro for a lot no of years. So, yeah, no, yeah. really, really. I think he made an all-star team. And so, um, yeah, interesting draft. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the kind of draft they're anticipating next year where there's maybe two or three real highlights and then good luck after that, essentially. So um, <laughs> it'll be kind of fun. All right, well, uh, on the show sheet today, um, we've got L traveling to Atlanta. And I, I, I don't really care about it, Georgia Tech getting a player back. I think Louisville... I think this is a go-win-the-game kind of game. I think it's going to be a sleepy environment. I think that, you know, they're, they're – they're, I don't know if they're playing better, but they're not playing as poorly as they were. And and so I, I think this is a go – I mean, if you can beat Clemson at home, if you can beat Georgia Tech at home, go beat Georgia Tech on the road. Yeah. I mean, the get-in yeah. price is $7. No one's going to be there. Like, just go, go get it done. If Boston College can beat UVA, I mean, there's no reason not to go get this game. Exactly, and and the, the the matchup predictor hates Louisville. It does, just I mean, in general. They, yeah, they never give Louisville a chance. It's eighteen eighteen percent for this game, eighty two percent for, and and would that would that kind of lead you to believe that the line's going to be like eight ten points? Great question. Um, yes, something like if that. If it's if it's double digits. I'm taking Louisville all day long. Are are you going to get your betting app back out? No, no. Once, once was enough there. <laughs> oh, Baylor in the national title game, man! Oh, man. Um, you know what's funny is is at the time I know you you really or it was TCU, excuse me, Baylor, um, TCU in the in the title game, and at the time like it just felt like oh, 13 points, it's so much, and then after the game, it's like that was the dumbest bet in the history of bets. 
Yeah. Right? I mean, it just, it's no, amazing. It, it just went so it south. I, that game I went so my, south. I man. dipped my toe in the water, and God said, don't ever do this again. <laughs> so where you live, Dan, in, in Colorado, um, obviously the sports gambling's legal. You're in, you know, in, you're in a... Are you on the Kansas side or the Missouri side? You're probably on the Kansas side, yeah? Uh, oh, no, no. Uh, Lawrence is like 50, 30 miles from Missouri. It's that far away. Okay, yeah, it, yeah. It's not far from Manhattan, right? Like, both schools are right there, right? Yeah, yeah. Manhattan, uh, I'm going to guess Manhattan. Well, I don't have to guess. I'm, uh, <laughs> they're, they're like uh, 50 miles apart. I'm typing it in right now. Manhattan and Lawrence. I'm going to guess. I'm going to say 53 miles. Okay, Avery. How far do you think Manhattan, Kansas, is to Lawrence, Kansas? By the way, Lawrence is essentially the midpoint between Topeka and Kansas City. Okay, since I'm really bad at geography, yeah. Let's go with 75. That's a good guess. 85 miles. Oh, look Ooh, at me. Ooh, it's that far. 85 miles. So there you go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. Manhattan is in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Close to the metropolises of Fort Riley, Junction City, Milford, Riley, Wamego, and Westmoreland. Uh, Fort Kansas. Riley, home of the big red one. Help me out. That's the Army base. Oh, okay. Got it. Fort Riley Army Base, and uh, that that's their motto or something. The the big red one. Is that is that a place they ship you if you lose a bet or something, or how does that work? <laughs> I actually had uh, my my big brother in the fraternity hmm. um, w- got shafted by his girlfriend <laughs> and was about to flunk was about to flunk out anyway and and quit quit UK and join the army. Uh, did two tours in Vietnam, oh. rose up the ranks, and uh, he was a big wig at uh, at Fort Riley. I mean, not the mm. biggest wig, but he was yeah. a big deal at Fort Riley for a while. Then, huh. so the conclusion of the Civil War in 1865 witnessed Fort Riley again assuming an importance in providing protection to railroad lines being built across Kansas. Evidence of this occurred in the summer and fall of 1866 when the 7th Cavalry Regiment was mustered in at Riley and the Union Pacific Railroad reached the fort. Brevet Major General uh, George A. Custer arrived in December to take charge of the new regiment. Soldiers from the Kansas Volunteer Regiment's, quote, Jenison's Jayhawks that were wounded in the Battle of Westport were brought to Fort Riley for recovery. The following spring, Custer in the 7th uh, left Fort Riley to participate in a campaign on the high plains of western Kansas and eastern Colorado. So George Custer was there. How about that? How'd that work out for him? <laughs> Riley? Huh? Huh? Anybody? Oh, man. All right, so question coming down on the text line, and since it's Friday and we already have an idea of what we think is going to happen in those two games, do you think U of L wins, by the way? Uh, no. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> no, but, but I think they. I, I think it's closer than eighteen percent to eighty-two percent. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, Texter wants to know where do you think Slick Rick ends up coaching next year? Uh, that's a great question. It won't be Ione. <laughs> it, it he'll, he'll. Did you get, read that article at all? I didn't put it on the show sheet, but the one on CBS uh, where he's like, "I love Iona. I'm definitely leaving." <laughs> I I I don't know. Um, you know where would where a great place for him would be Georgetown. Yeah, I, apparently, and and Bozich said this on on uh, Andy's show yesterday that that's not happening. Mm. Because how of, does Bozich know? Uh, he he spoke with uh, someone who worked at Georgetown essentially for twenty twenty five years. Mm. There you go. Uh, what about St. John's? I, I think that kind of job would be really good for him. Yeah. Um, is that going to be available? Or are they bad? Oh, they've been bad since <laughs> Luke Carnesecca left. <laughs> that's another. That's a good example, too. He's, he's the Jim Beheim yeah. of their spot, right? There you go. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, but he'll, he'll be someplace. He'll, he'll get a job. St. John's is 7-11 and 11 yeah. in conference and 11. Da, 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 da. Um, seven and God, that's how good the Big East is. They're seven and eleven over uh, in the conference, seventeen and twelve overall. So, yeah, they haven't been good for a while. Where do you think St. John's is in the net, Dan? Two hundred and forty fourth. They are ninety seventh. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, how many spots hard. behind Vandy? Seven spots behind Vandy. There you go. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, he'll be. Uh, you know, the fact that uh, 
even with all of his baggage, he was exonerated. I guess. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. So right. no, he'll he'll get a job. He'll get a, a, a he'll get a high major uh, job. No question. Okay. Someone wants to know how often do you actually listen to first replay? Uh, once or twice a week. Okay. Do you listen on Fridays when they do the uh, thing at the end of the day where they uh, the, it's called the mixtape where they, they replay all of the out of context sounds from the week? No. Do you know you're a star of that? Uh, no. Okay. All right, there you go. Okay. Uh, but but I know they they I know they replay stuff that we say, so that doesn't that doesn't surprise me. Sure. Usually on Friday afternoon, I have more important things to do than listen to first replay. I mean, and I love Sandy and Jimmy, but you know, got to have a life. That's right, folks. We have local programming 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. every single weekday here at ESPN 6 a.m. And we encourage you to listen uh, to as many hours as you can. What's that, Dan? Uh, Why is that? Is that important? Because I've noticed that that's been in the read for the last few weeks. Do, do, Do stations not have local programming? They do not. And many of them uh, record their morning show and then replay it in the afternoon. Really? Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of laziness around the market, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's not, by the way, that is not in the read. That is just something that I say out loud, by the way. Oh, okay. That is me. seven to six every day? Every day. Wow. And then you got to remember, on the weekends, we have lots of... uh, local program as well sunday morning hangover from 10 to noon every sunday um dot noble's on on saturdays we've got a lot of local stuff around here good good well tune in there you go um st john's uh is a spot do you think syracuse if jim Beheim left do you think he'd go there for four or five years oh could and actually if patino goes to syracuse they're going to be awesome like (laughs) that's a that's almost a guarantee that he'll get dudes transfer portal just bang right away and then you know they They've at least got enough infrastructure in place that he could be really good up there. But so. don't you think? I mean, uh, don't you? I don't think know that he'd want to live in Syracuse. That's the only part of it. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but don't you think a job like that up east someplace is probably the best fit? Yeah, I'm trying to. You know, I, I should not have closed out the uh, standings of the Big East because you know, um, obvious reasons. But uh, Seton Hall just made its uh, coaching change, um, and then yeah, you mentioned St. John's not on on its best leg right now. Um, Big East. There we go. The shame is, I mean, he they, Villanova should have called him <laughs> when when he when they uh, yeah, when, but when he wasn't. I, I don't think he was cleared at that point. Was oh, it? that's fair. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Um, yeah. Man, right now in the rankings, Marquette ten, Xavier sixteen, Providence twenty, Creighton nineteen, UConn eighteen. Big East is back, baby. Mm. Seton Hall mm. is nine and eight. Man, they they transitioned well. Good for them. Um, St. John's Butler is six and twelve. Man, would he live in Indianapolis? Would that be a good job for him? That that hasn't been a good job since that guy left and went. To I'll Boston. tell you the one that's kind of never been great, but they just built a new facility and could be interesting is DePaul. If he was willing to live in Chicago, there's oh he yeah he there's a ton Chicago. of talent in Chicago, man. And, and you know I I just they got the new facility. They have lost. Holy bleep. Sorry, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They've lost nine straight, ten of eleven. Good lord, wow, they're bad. You, you think you think Dwayne wishes he was back in Lexington? <laughs> I don't know. I think some guys like living in the big cities, man. They like the yeah, lifestyle but, better. Yeah, but you know? he's the athletic director at DePaul. Yeah. They got no football team. Their basketball team is awful. I what do you think that pays, by the way? Uh, I would guess million and a half a year, two million maybe. Okay, just a just a guess. How much does a dean at DePaul make? How much does this? About seven fifty apparently. What seven hundred and fifty thousand? Yeah, he's making that at, at Lexington. I agree with you. That is not a lot of money in Chicago. Uh, compared to Lexington, for sure. Yes. No. I mean, seven fifty is a nice salary for sure, but yeah. That's right. Um, Plus, you got to get that bulletproof uh, glass in your cars. I don't. I don't know who that text is for, and I cannot read it on the air. Four three seven nine six eighty. Uh, 
there are some really good conspiracy theories in this person's text chain to us, though, that I would like to read, but I, I can't. Um, I can't do it. Texture does say, uh, "Can't see Rick at Syracuse since he said he wouldn't go uh, to uh, any Big Ten school. Would not want to live in any of those states." Uh, Syracuse is in the ACC. Um, did you did you read that article at all, Dan? By the way, because there are some gems in that article. He said he would never work at a Big Ten school because Minnesota fired his son. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if Holtman also... screws up, if the one I heard yesterday, if if they get rid of Holtman and they could get him at Ohio State for five years, that guy, oh would be unbelievable. Rick, oh my God, with their with their resources and facilities and everything, at, at, oh my God, Rick would be so good at Ohio State. Oh, it'd be unbelievable. Yeah. Re- remember, Rick also said he was never going to set foot in the state of Kentucky again until he until <laughs> it was on his book tour. So, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear the quote the other day, too, by the way, talking about local coaches, that Bob Knight is attending Indiana practice once a week? No. Isn't that interesting? It's very interesting. I agree. I I think that was uh, another uh, Bozich uh, gem from uh, either yesterday or last week. But that um, that yeah, that Woody has him coming onto campus uh, once a week to to come to. to I practice. love that. I I, love I that thought you would me. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I've told this story before. Um, I was recruited by Bobby when when he was still at Army. Sure. And I like Bob. Uh, when he was recruiting me, he was one of my favorites uh, on, on the recruiting trail until they explained to me I had to go to the, uh, the Army for four years once my basketball career. You I couldn't get the David it. Robinson exception where he doesn't no, fit in a... <laughs> I, no, I kind of I lost interest. kind of lost interest after that. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, everybody... Well, not everybody, but a lot of people, especially the whole, pro, whole higher profile people that played for Coach Knight at Indiana, absolutely love him, and he can be he can be as charming. He uh, and, and I've told this story before. My my daughter went to Northwestern, and she was friends with a girl that was on the dance team or something. And somehow after the game. She got. She was back in the hallway, and Coach Knight was standing outside the locker room, and she went up to him and and introduced herself, and she said Coach Knight could not have been nicer. Said he talked to her for five minutes, and you know wanted to know what she was majoring in and all of that stuff. So he, you know, and and the fact that he was so successful there, no matter how it ended, I mean he won three national championships at Indiana. I love that, that that uh, Woodson is bringing them back to practice. Well, there you go. All right. Uh, reminder, first hour of the show brought to you by our friends at Kentucky Tourism and KentuckyTourism.com. Uh, we are a week from March, um, less than that, frankly. Uh, so get your uh, spring break and other summer plans uh, later on in the year together. And we always ask you to start with our friends at KentuckyTourism.com. Check out all the happenings in the Bluegrass State, whether it be uh, if you're Dan, heading to a horse race, or if you're a normal person and heading to a state park, something like that, check all of that out at KentuckyTourism.com. On the other end, I have no idea what we're going to talk. I'm kidding. Um, we've got a bunch of really good games on Saturday that I'm interested in talking about, including IU at Purdue, uh, Bama's hosting Arkansas, Texas Baylor's a top 10 matchup. And will Dan stay up late and watch Gonzaga St. Mary's? Find out next. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition. And I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it. But then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. 